Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 21 from Part 1 of Secret Believers, What Happens When Muslims Believe in Christ, by Brother Andrew and Al Jansen. Chapter 21, Two Months Later. Brother Andrew was scheduled to speak at a pastor's conference at the Logos Training Center. At the last moment, Boutros, because of the escalation of threats to him and several other pastors, decided to cancel the event, and he sent his family for an extended stay with Nadira's parents. But he urged his mentor to visit the country. This time they would meet with individual pastors who were feeling the increasing pressure of hostility in their communities. Let's listen to them and pray with them, Boutros requested. Your presence here will mean a lot to them. It had been a busy time. Each day was filled with several meetings with pastors and also the growing team for the NGO El Kalima. Andrew also found time one afternoon to visit Professor Kamal at the university. He waited in the professor's cramped office while Kamal talked with the students after the lecture or after a lecture behind his desk and on two walls, floor to ceiling, shelves sagged under the weight of academic books on Islam. As the professor entered the room, Andrew rose and gave his friend a traditional Arabic greeting, As-salam alikum, mean, meaning peace be upon you. The professor smiled, shook hands with his guest, and replied in Arabic, Walakum Assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Then he translated, that means God's peace and mercy and blessings be on you. As the two men sat down, the professor explained, whatever greeting you are offered, you should give back more. I like that, Brother Andrew replied. They chatted for a few moments before Andrew said, In our greetings to each other, we speak about peace. When I say, Assalamu alaikum, I mean it from my heart. I want peace. I bring peace. I want you to have peace, God's peace. And you respond beautifully by giving back more. But what if a Muslim doesn't accept my peace? What if he says no? If you say no, it means... There is enmity between us, said the professor. I say that this because some of the West say Islam is a religion of peace, but others say the attacks by some Muslims and say that Islam hates Christians and Jews. Not everyone in Islam wishes us peace. Kamal stood up and looked for a moment at the shelves behind him, then pulled down a book. As he thumbed through the volume, looking for a reference, he said, I want to show you how early in our history Muslims did what their prophet commanded them. Finding what he was searching for, Kamal said, The clear evidence of this is this covenant that was signed by the second caliph, Omar ibn al-Khattab, commander of the faithful. May God be pleased with him, with the Christian patriarch, so for us. 
This covenant is an example of tolerance and an honest contract among people, the inhabitants of the Holy Land, Muslims and Christians alike, take pride in it because it firmly established the form of the relationship between the sons of the one Palestinian people. It is not predicted on a sectarian or confessional basis, but rather on a sublime basis built on the respect for the religion and beliefs of one party by the other party and the complete freedom of this party to practice his religion and creeds without criticism or vilification. I am familiar with the covenant of Omar, said Andrew. History remembers this caliph for his refusal to pray in the church of the Holy Sepulchre so that it would not be claimed as a mosque. But are we not also talking about the same caliph Omar who ruled that Christians could not build new churches or repair existing churches in towns inhabited by Muslims? The ringing of church bells to call Christians to prayer was forbidden. Christians were required to distinguish themselves from Muslims by their dress and could only travel by donkeys while Muslims used horses. Muslims look back on this code with pride, but for Christians, this covenant demonstrates the limits of Muslim tolerance. Kamal returned his book to the shelf as he said, Man is not a Muslim unless he truly loves his fellow man, for there is no need for envy and hate. Al bin Abay Talib, the fourth rightly guided caliph, says, If you conquer your enemy, forgive him as a sign of your gratitude for having conquered him. Punish your brother with kindness and repel his wrongdoing with grace. The prophet, peace be upon him, teaches Muslims the following. My God commanded me to pardon the one who did wrong to me, to maintain ties with the one who forsook blood, uh, kindred, and to give to the one who did not give to me. Andrew shook his head. Those are nice words, but I don't see much justice or forgiveness or kindness or pardon going on in the Middle East. No, you are right. Kamal sat down and said sadly, but it would be different if Islam were again in its rightful position in Jerusalem. The professor's voice was soft, and he looked with kindness at Andrew, but it was evident that they had reached an impasse. Clearly, Kamal believed that Islam belonged in the preeminent position of power, and that Muslim leaders would naturally treat all unbelievers, or the imams, with justice and compassion. Andrew decided to challenge that position carefully. Professor, Islam is the authority here in your country, but I've visited with many Christians who do not feel the spirit you just described. They do not feel safe and protected. This past week, as I have traveled in your country, I have been told of attacks against churches. Christian businesses have been destroyed. Are you telling me that this is not real Islam? Islam stresses the freedom of worship for non-Muslims, Kamal replied. They cannot be forced to do otherwise. It is forbidden to force them to leave their religion 
and desecrate their places of worship. The behavior of the Prophet and his successors serves as a testimony. Islam recognizes other religions and earlier prophets. The Quran enjoins Muslim to Muslims to respect them, and whenever the name of a prophet is invoked, whether it is Adam, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, or Muhammad, a Muslim automatically says, Peace be upon him. All are carriers of the message of heaven, this one eternal message with the basic objective, the worship of God and the kind treatment of human beings. My friend, you must admit that many of your fellow Muslims seem not to have heard this message of Islam. Many in the West see Islam as an aggressive religion, waging war. War in Islam is an exception, the professor interrupted. It is only used for self-defense against aggression. Would you consider the attacks by groups like Hezbollah and Hamas and Islamic Jihad a legitimate Islamic use of war? That is their only means of self-defense against aggression. Yes, that is legitimate. Professor, this perspective is hard for us Christians to accept. I know that you have another class to teach. You have given me much to think about. I thank you very much for your time. I wonder if I may pray for you. Yes. Brother Andrew lifted his hands, palms up as he prayed. Lord God, I thank you so much that you brought me to meet my dear friend Kamal. We search for truth. We search for solutions. We search for peace. We search for justice and righteousness. Lord, I ask that you will operate in our lives. How can we bring peace if there is no peace in our own hearts? I thank you for Jesus who brought us peace, who brought us forgiveness, who made known his grace and access to the throne of God. Thank you for my friend, for his input, for his willingness to talk about solutions. Bless him, Lord. Protect him, his family, his work. Bring us together again in your good and perfect time. In Jesus' name, Amen. The next day, Andrew and Boutros waited for their appointment with Karim in an ornate reception area on the top floor of a large government building. A man dressed in a starched jalabia served coffee from a silver pot as they relaxed on a lush leather sofa. A Persian rug covered the floor of the large room. Opposite them sat a male secretary who prepared documents for the minister's signature, each in a thick leather binder. After Boutros and Brother Andrew had waited for a few minutes, the secretary took a stack of the binders into the minister's office and returned to escort them to their meeting. Karim rose and came around from behind a huge carved wood desk to welcome them. The stack of leather binders sat in the middle of the desk, along with a row of fountain pens. On the right side of the desk were several phones. There was also a vial of perfume, and Andrew detected the strong aroma of frankincense. The office was in the shape of an L. In front of Kareem's desk was a sitting area with lush couches and another large oriental rug. To the left of Kareem's desk was a dining area, and against the wall a table with several warming dishes.
There, a waiter prepared a tray of coffee and pastries. As the sheet showed them around his office, he pulled a leather-bound edition of the Quran off of a shelf and offered it as a gift to Brother Andrew. I have several nice copies of the Quran, Andrew said with a chuckle. However, this is the nicest one I have ever received. In turn, Andrew offered the minister a leather-bound or Arabic Bible and four of his books that had been translated into Arabic. Karim indicated that Andrew and Butro should sit in the chairs near his desk, and after the waiter had served refreshments and departed, closing the doors behind him, he said, It is a pleasure to meet you, Brother Andrew. Please tell me what I, can I do for you. Boutros had warned Andrew that Kareem was seeing them in an official capacity, so he would undoubtedly be cautious in what he said. I want to thank you for seeing us today, Andrew began. Kareem smiled and nodded. We are here to speak on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves. Christians in this country are being threatened more and more. Churches have been burned down. Christian businesses have been attacked. Teenage girls have been abducted and forced to convert to Islam. This should be very disturbing to your government, and I have come to you to ask what can be done about this. The minister shifted uneasily in his chair and finally said, You are right. This is very disturbing. I am, I too am saddened by these reports. As you know, there is freedom of religion in this country. Freedom on paper, perhaps, Andrew protested, but apparently not in practice. My friends, I understand your concern and frustration. Everyone should have the right to practice his religion without interference. I wish I could order the police to protect your friends and to put an end to the attacks. However, I do not have the authority to so order them, and even if I did, that doesn't mean such orders would be obeyed. So there is nothing you can do? asked Andrew. What I can do is bring it up with the king. I will look for an appropriate time to discuss this with him. I'm sure you know that articles have been written about the situation. There are people in the West watching to see how the government handles this. Yes, I am aware of that. Also, there are many Christians leaving the country, or trying to leave. Is there anything the government can do to encourage them to stay? I will definitely bring that up with my fellow ministers. It is not good for our image if people want to flee our country. Boutros gestured, and Kareem said, My friend, do you want to say something? Excellency, I want to emphasize that Christians are loyal citizens and a blessing to this country, and every country where they live. For example, every Sunday in our churches, we pray for the rulers of this country. We pray also for the economic prosperity of our nation. We pray for rain and for good crops. It is true that we suffer, but we never stop praying for our people. Further, we serve the greater Muslim community in many ways by operating schools, orphanages, and hospitals. Yes, as you know, I was educated in one of your schools, said Kareem. Andrew observed the clear discomfort of his host. I am sure you will do all that you can to help the body of Christ. I want you to know that Boutros told me about you. I will keep that information in complete confidence, and I want you to know that I am praying for you. Thank you very much, Kareem answered. 
I wish I could say more, but you understand. I do understand. As they left their meeting, the secretary in the reception area met them with a silver tray. On it were two beautiful ceramic plates decorated in gold callig calligraphy, one for Boutros and the other for Andrew to take home to Holland. Later, while riding back to the hotel, Andrew observed to Boutros how hard it was for one man, even one so significantly placed in the government, to make much of a difference. Kareem was obviously uncomfortable with our conversation, Andrew said. Yes, but at least he didn't lie to us, Boutro said. In this culture, it is common to pay lip service to, your, to visitors like you. They will say whatever you want to hear, but with no intention of doing anything. Our friend didn't do that. He seems to want to try to help. I think he will try, but he must operate within this, a system. He cannot change the culture. Even the king is limited in what he can do. He walks a fine line, trying to maintain good relations with Western democracies while appeasing the growing influence of fundamentalists in this country. He will say this country officially recognizes the UN Declaration of Human Rights, but in reality, Islamic law is supreme, and he will never do anything that contradicts that. So realistically, is there anything Kareem can do for Christians? He will be a voice of moderation and perhaps use his influence quietly in certain specific cases, cases but he must be very careful. He cannot stick his neck out. Remember, no one knows that he is really a follower of Christ. Andrew thought about that as Boutros pulled up to the hotel. You're right, Andrew said as he put his hand on the door handle. He hesitated, then said, We must not put too much trust in one government official. However, we must pray for him. God has him in that position for a reason, and someday he will have a chance to be used in a unique way. We must pray that he will be ready when that time comes. Next time, chapter 22, one year later.